Welcome to The Bipod, a podcast about all things bisexual. I'm Evan, and my pronouns are they and them. And I'm Christina. My pronouns are she and her. We define bisexuality as experiencing attraction to people who share your gender identity and to those who don't. We welcome anyone who has any kind of relationship with or curiosity about queerness. The Bipod is an ad-free, community-supported podcast. You can support us for as little as $2 a month. To join the community or get more information about the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the bipod. This podcast is one piece of the long history of bisexual and queer discourse. We don't know everything. At all. We're here to be part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Christina. Hi, Evan. Happy Thursday. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> A most bisexual Thursday to you as well. <laughs> when we were deciding what day of the week the show should come out, Christina was like, which day feels the most bisexual? And I said, Thursday. And she said, I agree. <laughs> and that's why um, the show comes out on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not the only bi podcast that comes out on Thursdays. Um, mm. I've been listening uh, to this wonderful podcast called Little Queer Podcast. Um, Capri and Ashley, wonderful people. Um both by and their show also comes out on Thursdays and I'm like see it's not just us that's the day <laughs> we decided <laughs> by Thursdays yeah by Thursdays mm -hmm. yeah it just makes it's math yeah um it's science it's stem <laughs> <laughs> it's the law it's the <laughs> everyone is bisexual on thursday it's the law now um this that's is the bipod after dark yeah that's the by agenda <laughs> bisexual thursdays um this is the bipod after dark in case you couldn't tell from us being generally goofy yes we are recording um, at 7 30 yeah mm -hmm. um so today we are revisiting an episode from the catalog um we originally put this episode out as how to be a person um and we wanted to come back to this to talk more about how to be a person yeah we didn't um, like we didn't actually cover all of it the first time <laughs> um despite what everyone expected yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but in case you're like what what does how to be a person mean <laughs> um really what we mean is like how do you take care of yourself when things are hard how do you like self-regulate what do you do for self-care um when for whatever reason things are challenging mm -hmm. um and this year this episode will will kind of be our um Oh. holiday offering yes yeah <laughs> the um past two years we had done handling the holiday episodes which you have if you haven't listened would encourage you to go back to those and this year we still wanted to like give you some tools uh in case the holidays are a difficult time um 
but these are applicable to any time of year. I mean, most of the strategies we talk about in handling the holidays are also applicable to any time of year, but mm-hmm. we didn't want you to be without some support heading yeah. into what can be a particularly complicated time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so um, we'll have that episode for you, um, but we I don't know. Have you learned anything, I guess, in the last year and a half, Evan, about um, being a person that you want to share with the class? Mm, well, <laughs> I guess um, uh, some of my strategies have escalated. So <laughs> this is a, I guess, spoiler That's alert. That's true. <laughs> um, I, in the original episode, talk about um, I, I had been turning the water cold at the end of my shower. So I'd like take a regular shower. And then at the very end, I would like turn the hot water off, but leave the cold water on and do sort of like a, a shower cold plunge. And I explain what the experience of that was for me. Um, now I just take straight cold showers in the morning. <laughs> like I don't even turn the hot water on. Which like I a know tech like, sounds unhinged. But yeah, to the tech broiness of it all. There's science about like how this is good for you. Um, but basically I was... Um, I'd been having a hard time sleeping and was feeling really high anxiety. And, um, that was part of the hard time sleeping is like, I just like, couldn't shut my brain off to go to sleep at night. Um, but waterboarding yourself fixes it. It's not, <laughs> not waterboarding. <laughs> it's very insensitive. Christina. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I heard someone else talk about like their, um, kind of one of their strategies for managing a depressive episode that they were having was um like vigorous movement to like get Mm -hmm. their endorphins up get their blood flowing whatever and then like cold water and so I tried that and I was like this feels great I'm having a hard time keeping up with the vigorous movement part but I can do a (laughs) cold shower um it's still like the first step into the cold water not a fan um but I do it in the mornings and it does like help for me um mm-hmm. and like i i am a morning person by nature so like when i was having when i was like i'm waking up in the morning and i don't want to get out of bed like that was unusual and when it like continued to extend i was like okay i need to do like this is this isn't this isn't how my life usually is which is where mm-hmm. the cold showers came in so now i like i think i've taken one hot shower in like the last two months and that was like a nighttime shower so then it was like okay for it to be a warm shower so I don't know if this will go on forever my sleep is still kind of weird it's better than it was but um yeah now I just take full-on cold ass showers wow I mean I love that for you if it works it works um I support you from a distance in your ice showers yeah Um, keep that cold water away from me yeah hot 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 water please um i have an uncle who like goes through all these like different phases um and he i don't know if he's still in it but he like went through a phase where he like would fill up a bathtub with ice outside and like go sit in it every morning um i'm not sure if he worked out before or what i just remember like he lives in utah so i was like sometimes it's really fucking cold where you are and then you're gonna go sit in a bathtub doesn't make sense but he really liked it so that's two people that i know (laughs) yeah i mean i haven't done an ice 
wrapped up, but we're getting there. Yeah. I do expect um, the next time we get here, you will have escalated two ice baths. Two ice baths? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and like, I know it sounds silly, but <laughs> it has helped. It is certainly bracing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever helps. Yeah. Whatever helps. Um, it pairs really what I was doing for a little while, and I'm starting to think I need to like return to this, is... I was having a 10 minute dance party beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I just had a playlist of like three songs from the Mr. Wives album, Nosebleed. Nosebleeds. And I would just like put that on and just like go wild, like flailing and jumping around and just like, I looked something like something. Um, (laughs) And just like really going like all in. Yeah. And then go take the cold shower. And like, that is actually like peak. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, so interesting. Uh, I encounter this a lot in my own body that, like, at the end of the day, we like, I am just, like, a thing of chemicals and hormones. And, like, <laughs> the things – I was going to say a sack, but that didn't, like, sound cute. Um, but, it like, it's just wild. Like, I'm on a journey with my thyroid. And it's, like, wild how much, like, a hormone level affects your mood and everything and so it's like anytime you can find a way to get like your adrenaline and cortisol levels to like be on the page you want them to be on it's worth taking a cold shower yeah 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 (laughs) if if you at home also take unhinged cold showers uh (laughs) let us know let us know I'd also I would say I'm a I'm a morning shower person mm-hmm. so it like works for me. I know you're a night shower person. Yeah, so. I am a night everything person. <laughs> I I don't like the mornings not at all. Not <laughs> so one bit. It would be a different uh, You're not trying to to wake yourself up when you take a shower. Yeah, I'm trying to wind myself down. Yeah. So different cold vibe. would be upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hot shower also nice, I have to say. Um at the end of the, <laughs> our recommendations take a hot shower or a cold shower <laughs> yeah um i like to be present in the shower and just be like ah water good um yes yeah my showers are shorter now because i can imagine yeah <laughs> <laughs> even like good for i the get planet. used to the water but then i'm like i this i don't want to like bask in this necessarily i'm not like i'm yeah. just stand here yeah, enjoy the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we can move around, move on from this water. Some people are probably like, "This is what this is." Going to tell me to take a shower. <laughs> Sometimes it's simple stuff. Um, we yeah, are not going to give you the advice, girl. Wash your face. No. Know that that will never come from us. No, absolutely not. Um, I will say I have a pretty robust skincare routine that I, I really like. I don't yeah. wash my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I will you... never tell you to wash your face. <laughs> I would never tell someone else to wash their face either. But when I wash my face, I do enjoy it. And I like having my little like oils and stuff um, in cute little bottles. It feels very witchy. Um, and it's a pleasant experience that I have with my body. But, you know, you have great skin and you don't wash your face. So that's not advice that I'm giving. It's just <laughs> an experience that I'm sharing. <laughs> uh um 
Yeah, I mentioned um, earlier that um, I guess when we recorded this episode the first time, I was on the journey. I just I don't think I knew that I was on the journey um, of like my thyroid issues. Um, and I'm on medication now and that has like been a thing. Um, but recently I have been had to be like uh, a lot more realistic about and responsive to like my energy levels. Um, I don't have the same capacity that I once did. Um, sometimes I do, but I, most of the time I do not have (laughs) the capacity that I once did. Um, and that it can be, that's tough. Um, but also that just what is what it is, you know, that's where my body is at. That's where I'm at. Um, and so I'm like trying to not be an asshole to myself, um, about it and just sort of like, take it as it comes and like not try to feel like I am in conflict with my body as much as possible. Um, Easier said than done, but um, being willing to take things slower, being willing to do less or schedule less or schedule recovery time um, has been very helpful. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone earlier today we were talking about um like mental health or even like um neurodiversity like diagnoses and how a lot of times one of the like diagnostic criteria is like does it impact your ability to work and we were talking Mm -hmm. about how um we understand why that is part of the standard because capitalism, but like if that is the threshold, um, you can like really easily run yourself into the ground. If you're like, well, I can still do my day job. I just can't do anything else. Yeah. And, um, I don't have a, I don't have like a a solution for that, but is something that like, I want to have a more expansive, view on rather than being like yeah I just um I just orient my entire life around making sure that I can do work and then I can't do anything else like yeah this is obviously you also people have to pay their bills like there's lots of um experiential things as to why we do this but um I think it's also really easy to just like light yourself on fire um, Mm -hmm. metaphorically and be like, this, this is fine. Yeah. I can work and therefore I have no problems. And it's like, no, that's not, not it. Um, Yeah. I mean, um, honestly, if I didn't work from home, I'm like really not sure what work would look like for me um, this past year or so. Um, But I do. And um you know, I'm fortunate that I like my job, my day job. Um, it is busy and engaging, but um, I'm like not saving lives. Like if I am have to start late because I'm tired one day, everything is going to be fine. Um, so I feel lucky that I'm, you know, set up in a way that like I can sort of be responsive to my body. Um, and I'm trying to frame that as like a, this is a thing that I can do and not like a, it's a bad thing if I have to do this um, mm-hmm. because that doesn't help anyone least of all me yeah yeah Hmm. yeah um i also feel like i'm surrounded by people who are very understanding of that 
Like if I'm like, I'm sorry, we hung out yesterday and now I'm tired. <laughs> I cannot see you again today. Um, or just like, you know, I want, I plan, I want to come to this thing and I want to plan to come to this thing, but also, um, I like, I may not have the spoons, you know, that yeah. far in the future. So that also does make a difference for me. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if that's like advice, such as my experience. Um, so if that resonates with you, um, if being a person is hard in that way, sometimes, um, you know, be gentle with yourself. Yeah. And pay attention to who's gentle with you. Mm. Mm. We love gentle people. We do. We really do. Um, um, oh, go ahead. This is the part of the podcast where I do give people a directive. It's mm-hmm. not to wash their face. It's uh, to have <laughs> emergency supplies. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Have extra batteries. Have extra food. Have, I don't know, candles and matches. Like, whatever. Water. water definitely have water. Um, what things you should have will depend on where in the country or where in the world that you live. Um, so you should, I guess, have supplies that are sort of customized to the thing that's likely to happen where you live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, that is the thing. That is a, a thing I want for all of our listeners. And if you're like, that feels overwhelming, you can just like start with one thing. Like when you go to the grocery store next, buy some amount of water. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier this year, I had like a real freak out about climate collapse. And uh, it was just like mm-hmm. raining forever in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this isn't supposed to be happening. <laughs> um, and I had another friend who was also freaking out at the same time. So we were just like sending each other voice memos about climate change and how we're all gonna die basically and um the friend that i was talking to pointed me to carmen spaniola's work which like she might not be for everybody but if you want um to hear from someone who's talking about like climate collapse um in a way that doesn't feel um I don't know how to explain it. Like she talks a lot about um, preparing for climate collapse. And it's the kind of thing that like, I feel like I had only ever heard people talk about this kind of stuff in a like far right, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like doomsday the preppers. Gov- like the government's going to come for you or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Um, in a way that did not does not align with my values um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um carmen spaniola talks about it a lot from um the perspective of like community care and also like um how do we like somatically prepare for changes in our environment a lot of things like I don't want to focus too much on um her even though I was like 
let me start talking about her. Um, <laughs> but that was a gave me sort of an outlet to be like, ah, okay, instead of just feeling anxious about climate change and the fact that there's nothing that I can do because this isn't an individually solvable problem. This is a systemic problem. It gave me something actionable that is meaningful Mm -hmm. that I could do, which is buy some water, get emergency supplies. um, And then remind remind me to get emergency supplies as well. (laughs) Yeah. And so that is a thing I've been like sort of, poking friends about um and then we had a tropical storm here and i was like wow i feel much more at ease because i have all the things Mm -hmm. yeah but i just feel passionately about this and i want Mm -hmm. all of our listeners to be well taken care of um Mm. also a a, a suggestion i would have is um get some shelf stable things that you actually like to eat um because i feel like people are like i'll buy beans and like yeah those are shelf stable but um if something terrible happens and you're living out off of your emergency food is beans gonna be the thing that like gets you through the day i know you really like chickpeas so you know, i do garbanzo For beans me. might be the thing that get you through the day <laughs> um but not but, only yeah so like i have beef jerky and then i also have some chickpeas um and i have like gummy bears and like dried mango and like a bunch of different things because i try Mm -hmm. to think about like okay i want to give myself some nutrients but also like what are things that are going to be like okay this is hard but not everything has to suck (laughs) yeah gummy bear is good yeah the world is falling apart but at least i have gummy bears oh that's a good idea i should put um like candy in my emergency yeah, kit. I mean, you're going to need some calories, so. I am. Yeah, right now I have beans and um <laughs> and green beans cuz I bought them in a panic at Costco. <laughs> Don't be like me, everyone. <laughs> be like Evan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have like I put some instant coffee in there and some like matcha packets and some electrolyte packets as well. Um mm-hmm. I tried to think about like what might I need and also what do I like. Um, yeah, food for ginger as well. Yes. Yeah. If you have pets, you should have supplies for them. Um, so I have like extra food for ginger. Um, the, I think like standard government recommendation is like that you should have three days of supplies for you and anyone in your household. Frankly, if anything really bad happens, I don't think three days is going to be remotely sufficient, but um, that's a good starting place. You just even just start with like one day, a couple meals out of the day. Um, And I'm still like, that's still a work in progress for me. I want to get like a beefier um, first aid kit, but there are like a lot of them so I'm kind of overwhelmed so I need to figure out like what things do I actually need in my first aid kit beyond just the little one that I have that's like mostly just full of band-aids mm-hmm. I mean uh, band-aids matter but band-aids do matter <laughs> yes um yeah I know people might not have been expecting um that in this episode but um it's really important yeah. And it's a thing that you can do that you can like start doing right now that is 
practical and also if you're anything like me it might also like be emotionally soothing yeah yeah and it's i mean it's very much related to how to be a person um because we're all living under these um fraught conditions um in one way or another and um being able to take some action and like be realistic about what the future looks like um or just emergencies right i mean we live in california so we're like earthquake prepared hopefully um but if you are in an area of the world that experiences hurricanes Mm -hmm. tornadoes like whatever else um like even if you don't want to think about like long-term climate future like you probably have something that you should be prepared for (laughs) in your region um and you know we got to take care of ourselves also make sure that your stuff is accessible because mm-hmm. if you put it somewhere you can't get to it that will be a problem if you need it yeah what else does one need to do to be a person oh um i i have talked about this on the podcast before but i don't think that i talked about it in our how to be a person episode um but i am somebody who has a movement practice um i do some kind of work out just about every day unless I simply don't feel like it but most days I do feel like it and I feel better once I've done it um I have a wonderful bar teacher named Tracy Lynn um I will put her information in the episode description um she's wonderful awesome um also bisexual which is very good um I'm sure that I've talked about her on the podcast before um and what I like about my practice is at this stage of my life facilitated by her offerings um is that i get to be very responsive to my body so there are some days where i'm like i want to do like a 55 minute bar workout like i want to like have sore muscles and i want to like exert effort um and that's great and she has those and it's awesome or some days i'm like so overstimulated that i'm like i just need someone to guide me as i mostly lay on the floor um, or do breath work. Um, and so for me personally, like pretty much all of that, I have met with um, Tracy Lynn's offerings. Um, I do also run um, when I feel comfortable going to the gym, uh, given the pandemic of it all. Um, I do run on treadmills that helps me sleep. Um, and I am not in a position to prescribe any kind of movement to any kind of person. Um, but I think uh, figuring out some kind of like physical somatic practice that feels good for you that can help you like regulate your nervous system Mm -hmm. um just like you taking (laughs) freezing cold showers like that to me is a (laughs) somatic practice right it's like zapping you into your body um if that's what you need great or if you need something that'll help you kind of wind down or expel energy or just like get out of your head into your body um you know it's worthwhile to explore that um you know, we are our bodies. I've been thinking about that a lot lately is that like um, as much as I often joke about how I wish I was just a vibe and I didn't have to have a physical form, um, there's no way around it. And I don't exist without a physical form um, and having a healthy relationship with my body uh, is sort of the only way forward. So yeah. um, any kind of, you know, movement that is good for you for some people that's also like being outside like walking outside hiking whatever um but just something that feels good in your body that you can do you know with relative like ease of access um Mm -hmm. like i do my most of my workouts at home um it's very helpful for being a person in the world 
Yeah. Yeah. So being in your body in some way for me every day feels very good. Um, and I think in the episode we talk a lot about um, sort of like you being a person, like sort of thinking about us as individuals. Um, but I also think that like part of being a person in the world is that um, we are people <laughs> in the world um, and we are social creatures and um, no one would be here without the support of other people. Um, and so being intentional about what that interconnectedness looks like, even as we are preparing for disasters, um, like we, you and I have a plan of we live far enough apart that if one of us loses power, typically the other one also like has power so we can um, evacuate. Um, you know, I wrote your phone number down <laughs> so I can call you in an emergency. Um, but thinking about, um, you know, what our connections to other people look like, um, being intentional about, um, community building, I think is really important, um, really at any time, but particularly as, you know, things get a little dicey, um, politically with the climate in your personal life, anything, um, the foundations that we're building now are the the connections and the um, community that we're going to be moving forward with. Um, and I think anytime we can build that, it's it's worthwhile. Yeah. And if you are someone who has maybe drifted away from your social connections a little bit, um, I would offer that uh, those might be easier to pick back up than you think they would be. Yeah. So, um, I had a little birthday get together, um, recently and I was like, oh, maybe I could just use this as an opportunity to like reach out to the people that I like haven't talked to in a while or haven't seen in a while, but would like to be seeing and talking to. Um, and you gave me the great advice to make a list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I made a list of names and I just like reached out to these people and um there were some people that i didn't hear from or some people that like couldn't make it for whatever reason but there were two friends who um are very important people to me but that i just like had not seen in like quite a while or hadn't like really spent time with and like they showed up and we had a great time and i feel like now it will be easier for us to do more things mm -hmm. um and i think in my mind i had sort of built it up as like well it's been so long since we like hung out and like I just kind of like made it a thing but then it was like much easier than I had imagined it would be and now like I'm trying to keep that in mind of like oh I can just do things I can just reach out to people I could just go to social things or host things or whatever it doesn't have to be a big to do yeah absolutely um, and I've been on the receiving end of that many times of people being like, I'm sorry, I've been so busy, but I'm resurfacing now. And I'm like, great, no further questions. Let's hang out. Um, you know, people want to be connected to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Mm -hmm. um, especially if the holidays are, you know, a tough time for you, or I guess any time in the year is tough for you. Um, thinking about, you know, who you can go to, who you can connect with that feels comfortable and safe um it was a great way to kind of get through those times yeah yeah mm. all right should we let them listen to the original episode i think we should keep recording until the introduction is longer than the original episode <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yes, um, without further ado, as there has been much ado, um, I wanted to note that we recorded this a year and a half ago, or I'm not sure, a little over a year ago. Um, so I do refer to you as not Evan a few times. Um, yes. Um, if you've been listening to the show, you know all the thing, all like the whole journey. You've been on it. Um, mm-hmm. If you just started listening, you might be like, "What is ta- What is going on? <laughs> Why um, are they telling me to take a shower?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your first episode. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, you will hear Christina call me Chelsea, but that's because that's what everyone was calling me then. But mm-hmm. now it's Evan. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're caught up. Look at that. You're on the journey too. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um, I, I guess it's not goodbye because you're just going to listen to more of us now. So ta-ta. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Today, mm-hmm. we are talking about um, how to be a person, how mm-hmm. to handle being a person. Um <laughs> Really, like, quick, short topic. Yeah. Not a lot to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought, like, after, you know, the last couple episodes, we would just really go for a softball. Yeah. It was a really easy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, I wanted to talk about this, though, both. I mean, it's on. Uh, it's very selfish. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but also... Um, some of it was like after doing, um, after doing the comp head episode, I was like, cool, cool. So like, what now? Yeah. Like, so now what do I do with all this information? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. So we're all, you know, living in a, a culture that compels us to perform straightness. We're living in extractive capitalism or like living under the cis hetero patriarchy and you know yeah, the, the colonial yeah yeah um and so uh how, how do you do that like and uh we don't actually have any answers. <laughs> and we have things. a three-step process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really easy, really simple. Yeah. You can do it right now. Take out a notebook. Yeah. Uh, it'll. Kidding. Yeah. We're only requesting three easy payments of um, $5,999 to just like yeah. be untroubled yeah. by anything. Easy. You can do it. Invest in yourself. <laughs> the ultimate life hack. No. Yeah. Um, it's a course. <laughs> uh, we... Um, we don't have any answers, but um, <laughs> we do have, uh, we have thoughts. We have thoughts and some like strategies. Yeah. Which I think I often forget. I forget that I have like skills and coping mechanisms. Mm, you do. Often. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, there isn't, I couldn't possibly, like, I just um, suffer. Like, yeah. that's. <laughs> I guess we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything's terrible and there's nothing I could do about it or for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and so that's where the selfish piece comes in. Um, I've been sort of feeling that a little bit and I was like, well, what if we just like had a conversation about mm-hmm. 
how how you exist like mm-hmm. what do you, what do you have to do to be a person in the world yeah. um so we're going to kind of um we're going to talk about that so yeah. we're going to you know propose the generic scenario of um feeling like everything is terrible um what do you do and so like the very first thing that we're going to talk about is like the actual like practical tangible things that we do to like help ourselves function in the world um and then we'll kind of expand outward um but I think it's always nice to start with okay but what do you like actually do like not just like what do you think about or like you know we know that people come here for like succinct concrete (laughs) answers so we'll start with that absolutely Yeah. Um, so like in our generic scenario, insert your particular conditions here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like something is blown up in your life or like you're just not like with it for whatever reason right now. Like something's going on or also like the world, the big wide world around you um, is crumbling, which is like sort of always kind of <laughs> happening. So um, if you're like, this episode isn't for me, please write in and tell us what your coping mechanisms are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, the first, um, layer that would probably be good to talk about is like the, your physical, like ways to like get back in your body or just mm, like take yeah. care of your body. Um, because like if, for me, at least if I'm not like, if my physical needs are not met, like I couldn't possibly also meet needs beyond my physical needs. Yeah. Um, for me, I, like, have a lot of food anxiety, which is, like, not a thing we have to get in on this podcast. But um, sometimes... Same, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm not alone in that. Um, but, like, sometimes something that I've noticed about myself recently um, is I get into these zones, like, for whatever reason, where, like, like I obviously need to eat because I'm a person. Um, but I'm, like, I couldn't possibly think of a food to make. And all food sounds icky, but I'm so hungry. Like, I, like, can't, like... It's just a bear. And then I'm like, well, I guess I just like won't eat lunch and I'll just like keep doing my things. And then I'm like spun out at the end of the day. Um, and so like something, relatable yeah. <laughs> um, and like something that I have been thinking about is like, well, um, in most scenarios, at least like for me and my body, like eating anything is better than eating nothing. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm like, I can eat crackers or like whatever it is, like I don't have to like moralize food in any scenario but I don't have to be like I have to eat food and it also has to have like a vegetable and it also has to like meet these other criteria um it just like has to be a food that can go into my body and then like I'll deal with other things later sometimes I'll like hyper fixate on uh like really specific basic foods um like smoothies or something where I'm like I don't have to chew it like it's just whatever (laughs) um and like this is what's working for me and um i've i'm like getting calories it's fine that's good um or like i don't know sometimes i go through a thing where i'm like all i want to eat are toaster waffles um and so i keep them in the freezer because if i'm in that kind of mindset i'm like that's better than nothing that's what we're gonna do um so just like for me kind of being a generous with myself um and stepping back and being like just feed yourself whatever it is. And that like looks different for everybody. 
and everybody's like bodies and situations and all of that. Um, like for me, self-care would not look like eating steak. Um, I would be very <laughs> ill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like that has been like a useful reframe for me of like, just eat something. Like whatever yeah. is the path of least resistance is perfectly fine. And I feel like that philosophy also like carries me into other ways of caring for myself in those difficult times. Yeah, I um, relate to all of that. I recently started buying protein bars and like a lot of them, mm -hmm. like at least half a dozen at a time um, because I breakfast is sometimes like a really hard thing for me in the mornings. Um, but then if I don't eat anything, I feel bad. And I realized that in the past, I would buy myself like what I would sort of think of as like emergency food, like a protein bar or like things that in theory I could just eat if I needed to eat something. Um, but then when the time would come, I would be like, well, I really only have this like one protein bar. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I shouldn't eat it right now because what if what if it gets a, worse? What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if there's a more dire situation mm. where I need this more? Mm -hmm. um, I fall into that with a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, and so the solution was just to get more protein bars and I yeah. and buy them like every time I go to the grocery store, even if I still have some left, mm -hmm. because then I can just eat them when I need to eat them yeah. or when I want to eat them. Um, I actually did that yesterday. I was going, I was running an errand and then I was going to pick up food and I'm like, I'm kind of hungry now and I know it's probably going to be at least an hour before I actually eat. Let me just eat this protein bar while mm -hmm. I get into the car. And that was like a nice thing that I did for myself. And um, sometimes it feels, um, honestly, sometimes it feels stupid to have to do those things. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have to eat a protein bar, but like whatever. Yeah, just it's fine to eat a protein bar. <laughs> They're $1.99. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like reframing, like you were saying, reframing it instead of being like, um, this is only for emergencies. You have to really have a really big need to have this thing. Instead of just being like, I always have the need to eat because I am a human <laughs> person. Yeah. Um, and so like, however that has to get done is fine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's good. I also, um, I like am such a better person when I, when I say better person, I mean, I, like, I get through my day much more easily. <laughs> um, when I drink a lot of water, um, which is like the most cliche nonsense ever, but I, <laughs> unfortunately it does work for me. Um, but I find that I'm like, I have to make that a nice experience for myself. <laughs> so I have like a really pretty tumbler with like a nice straw if you put a straw in something, I'm much more likely to drink it. So I do that. Um, also, I'll, like, you know, make myself a bubbly water or even like I have um, I like buy the even though I have a soda stream, I like buy cans of sparkling water because I like the flavor. And I'm like, whatever, this is a 12 pack for two dollars. Um, I'm going to and I'm going to drink a lot more water this way and I'm going to feel better and it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know, just like. Removing all barriers to um, feeding and hydrating myself um, sounds like small and silly, but uh, it's making a very big difference. I like don't when I I've like re really been focusing on that practice for the past probably like few months um, and I'm like not at the end of my rope at the end of every day, you know, um, which is very important. Yeah, I'm not like 
where is Sydney? You have to come home because we have to eat dinner right now. Um, I also have this weird thing where I'm like, I, I have a story in my head that it's like immoral somehow to like eat a snack while I'm preparing or like before dinner. Yeah. Cause I'm like, this is like a waste of food or something because I'm like about to eat dinner, but I'm like, I'm not going to eat dinner for another hour and I'm really hungry. Why can't I just do that? Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know where I got that from, but. So I mean, eating and drinking. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, water in a different way. Um, <laughs> something that I have been doing recently that has been um, useful to me is when I get up in the morning, taking a shower first thing every day and making that just like the thing I do right away such that I don't have to think about it. Like it's not a mm-hmm. question of like, do I want to shower now or later or like, what do I, I'm just like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do my regular like shower situation. And then before I get out of the shower, I slowly turn off the hot water such that it is getting like <laughs> colder and colder. Um, and there is something about like, I don't know if it's the temperature change or just like the cold water by itself. But something about that is very grounding to me. Like it put, Mm -hmm. I feel very in my body. Um, I also think there's a little bit of like a shock to the system that is sort of like wakes me up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it is a very pleasant sensory experience when the water is just like the right amount of cold, like on my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's probably helped by the like shaved head situation. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if someone with more hair would have this experience, (laughs) but like when it's the right amount of cold and I'm just like feeling the water, like raining down on my scalp, I'm just like, ah, yes. Having a body is not always a terrible thing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and it's just like, I don't know, 30 seconds at the end of my shower. Like it's not a lot, but then I just like, I really feel a lot better afterward yeah something that I think I largely have learned from you is like prioritizing uh small pleasant sensory experiences Mm. um so instead of just being like I got a shower these are the functional like things that I use and now I'm done you're like for the last 30 seconds I'm gonna like do something that feels nice for my body because it feels nice um and I take that into like I used to, um, I do almost every day some kind of like movement class via Zoom or something like that or um, like recorded classes. Um, And whenever I do a yoga one, I used to like skip the Shavasana at the end because I was like, okay, I got to go do my next thing. (laughs) Um, But I've actually like I've been doing it even like just on my own of like I'd like to lay down in an X shape for like just two minutes, you know, Um, and like breathe in my. Yeah. (laughs) Laying on the floor. Excellent. Great. Um, grounding, good. Um, that's what I should be doing after I have terrible meetings, and I'm like, oh, that meeting was the worst. I should lay on the ground. That's exactly what I do. Where I'm like, <laughs> I've been on Zoom for six hours today, I, and I don't have time to touch grass, so I have to go lay on the ground. Um, I can't believe I hadn't thought of that before. Oh yeah, yeah. Make an X, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think even like just those kind of small like, oh, this thing feels nice in my body. I'm just gonna do it for a couple minutes. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think we like all the systems aforementioned <laughs> earlier, um, like work to separate us from our bodies and to separate us from like joy that does not come directly from capitalism. Um, and like it is uh, 
real and actual work to to reconnect with what's available to us there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I recently uh, listened to the audio book for How to Keep House While Drowning by K.C. Davis. K and C is like in the letters. Um, and it is ostensibly a book about like how to clean your house and like take care of yourself when you are metaphorically drowning. So if you're depressed or you're ill or, you know, any of those, any of those things. Um, and I honestly don't even know what made me decide to read it. I was like, this book could be terrible mm-hmm. and like it could cleaning have, your house it could, will cure your depression. Yeah. It could um, have girl wash your face vibes, yeah. which we don't love. No. <laughs> um, or uh, maybe it could actually be useful and it was actually useful. It was so great. Um, listening to it as an audiobook was especially pleasant because then it was just like having someone like tell me these Aww, things. That's nice. Which I found very like, affirming yeah some like reparenting yes um and it has a lot of like useful things in it but one of the big takeaways um is reframing um like household chores and stuff as care tasks such that you only need to do them to the degree that they are taking care of you. And so, like, there is no moral imperative to do the dishes or the laundry or, like, whatever um, kind of household chores you might have. Um, It is actually just about, like, how much does this thing need to be done, like, for your physical, mental, emotional well-being? So, like... Mm -hmm. If having dirty dishes stresses you out, it's probably worth doing the dishes, but maybe also interrogating, like, where is that stress coming from? Like, is that a childhood trauma where, like, having to do the dishes was, like, a punishment that you received? Or did you, like, grow up in a household that, like, was um, disorganized or dirty in some way? And, like, was that, you know, what is the source of that? anxiety or is it just like a practical thing of like if I don't do the dishes I don't have any dishes with which to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is stressful yes and so both like thinking about the um our stories about uh why we do things at all or why we do them a certain way and then also thinking about like okay how much do I actually need for this thing to take care of me. So um, do I need to do the dishes every single day? Could I do them on a different schedule? Could I do them differently? Like the dishes are just an easy example for me. Um, Or one of the things that the author talks about is um, in her, she has two young kids and um, in her house, Laundry was always, like, ending up all over the place. You'd have it, like, in the kitchen, in the living room, and the whatever, because, like, kids just, like, take their clothes yeah. off and, <laughs> you know, leave right. it around. Um, or you take off a jacket or whatever. And the sort of, like, conventional wisdom for the right way to deal with that is you got to pick everything up. You got to take it to the laundry room or you got to take it to the bedroom where the laundry lives. Um, 
And she was like, but actually the practical solution for me was just to put a laundry hamper in every room. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you have clothes in every room, you just put them in the hamper that's in that room. Now they have a place that they go. So you're not like creating, you know, visual clutter or whatever. And then when she's ready to do the laundry, she can just go to the various rooms, like grab the things, do the wash. Yeah. And like letting things be easy for yourself mm. and like doing what is practical for you and like finding a system that works for you instead of trying to make yourself work for the system. Mm. And that um, just like really blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and so I have been thinking a lot about like, okay, well, how, how can I make my space and how can I make my life a thing that is serving me mm -hmm. instead of the other way around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's like a very radical shift, I think. Yeah. Um, and something that takes a lot of presence of mind um, because it's so easy to be like, well, I have to do these things. This is what we're supposed to do. Um, I've noticed uh, a lot of that for myself, like, uh, living with a partner, especially one who is a uh, very like kind and understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, like there are things where I'm like, oh, I'm like performing this for no reason. Um, like I'll be like, oh, like I'm so sorry, I haven't done laundry this week. I'm because that's like something that I do in our household. Um, I've just like been busy and whatever. And Sydney's like, I literally have 50 t-shirts. It's I'm. It's not a problem. Dean, help with it. Like I'm not. But I'll be like, oh, like my partner thinks that I'm. I'm not a. I'm not like a good. Uh, household partner because like I'm not doing these things and like most of the time if I say that out loud he's like nope wasn't even thinking about it um and I'm like oh, okay I just like have these stories about like what I'm supposed to be doing yeah and that like for me at least like that's a really big mental shift yeah and um it sort of I'm not sure if this sentence is going to make sense. Like, I feel like it, it kind of works in both directions. Like, it works in the realm of the shifting um, the tangible or the practical, like, um, encouraging me to actually make changes. Um, an idea that I got from that book that I've been using is um, putting dirty dishes in a dish rack instead of in the sink so then the sink is free oh. so that it's easier to wash things uh -huh. and then when you're loading the dishwasher you can just take the dirty dishes out of the dish rack put yeah. them directly in the dishwasher um that's been very useful and yeah. like was very easy to do um and so both like making those changes um those practical changes so that's sort of like one direction but then also I feel like it helps me shift in the like mindset belief system direction mm -hmm. as well. Um, also really I'm like, why am I making these things a, um, a binary of like separating the, like yeah. um, <laughs> the tangible from the intangible. Like it's not that uh, whatever, just catching that, like as I was talking about it, but. Um, but there's definitely a continuum of like this, this like feels like a surface level thing, but actually it's connected to like, Yes, all yeah. The stories I have. Um, yeah, but yeah, trying to then also um, 
using those practical things to also like help to help me shift my beliefs about the world or the beliefs about the way that I'm supposed to be or how things are supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, making that sort of a, a feedback loop or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those like small changes um, or even big changes that you make like within your household or within like your relationship with your body or like other sort of like closed loop systems. Like you, you carry those with you mm-hmm. out into the world and into your relationships with other people. And I feel like when we like have a chance to practice those kinds of like reframes and those kinds of like uh, ways of like caring for ourselves, um, we're much more generous with other people because like if you can do it, I have found that like if I can be nice to myself, it's like infinitely easier to be nice to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So many times I catch myself being like, I wouldn't hold Chelsea to this standard. (laughs) Um, And so maybe it's not fair that I'm doing this to myself too. Um, but I think like it's like starting for me, like with the hard part of like being nice to myself, it's like infinitely easier to be like generous and kind and understanding and like giving of space to other people. Um, and that's how we change the world, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you, you're in this um, situation. Um Something has happened. Uh, you're fed now, and you've managed <laughs> your dishes in whatever way makes sense for you. Um, your physical needs are met. Then what do we do? <laughs> then what? Yeah, then what? Yeah. You don't have <laughs> to answer that question. question huh? I just <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, Chelsea. Now here's the three part <laughs> <laughs> to find out. You this just where we hit him with the easy sales payments. Pitch. Um. <laughs> I have been thinking a lot um, this year about, like, what do I want my life to look like? I mean, I think in a lot of ways I've been... Easy question. Yeah. Not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I've probably always been asking myself that question, but it's, you know, felt particularly... I've been attending to it thoughtfully this Mm -hmm. year. And the... A thing that I... um, continue to bump up against is um this is this is very circular but um the way that you know what you want your life to look like is by knowing what you want your life to look like interesting (laughs) interesting great and what I mean by that is um a thing that I have realized and have been parsing through is that I really struggle to have that kind of vision for my life or not even like um, sometimes it's really difficult for me to like admit my desires. Mm. I think in part because that feels kind of scary. Cause like once you say you want a thing, yeah. it opens up a different vulnerability yes. around like, what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. Or like, what if you don't get that yeah. thing? Expressing desire for truly anything, extremely vulnerable <laughs> um, and extremely brave. I fully, fully believe that. Yeah. And so what I have been bumping up against is that like, I can't answer the question of what I want my life to look like if I'm not willing to say mm-hmm. what I want my life to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that... Um, is like a source of internal conflict 
for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so it's sometimes hard to know like how to confront things, whether that be like my own mood states or like my relationship to um, like what I'm doing in a social justice capacity, like how I'm showing up in the world. Um, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. And I was listening to a podcast earlier today, actually. Um, it was Adrian Marie Brown on Jonathan Van Ness's podcast, Getting Curious. And toward the end of the episode, something that um, Adrian Marie Brown brings up is the question of, are you satisfiable? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as she said that it was like spear uh. through my chest i was like oh no oh, no <laughs> i've been got i know um and she go then goes on to talk about how like if you don't know if you haven't defined what you want for your life in your relationships like in your vision for the world if you haven't defined those things if you don't have any parameters like, you can't be satisfied if you haven't yeah. determined what it is that would satisfy you. Uh. <laughs> and it's funny because that's, like, the kind of thing that if you applied it, like, I'm thinking, like, of myself as an educator. Like, if I don't have learning outcomes for my students, I have no way of really measuring the success of my curriculum, my, the success of my teaching, um, other than, like, how they feel about it or how they say they feel about it, which is valuable, but, like, there's no other... There are almost no other areas of life where I'm like, where I don't do that, you know, yeah. where I'm like, okay, here's like sort of what I want to, here's where I want to get. And then I'm going to work backwards. Like when I take it to a smaller level, like, you know, a project or like whatever, um, that makes sense. It's like doing a remodel on your house and being like, I'm just going to tear a bunch of stuff out. <laughs> and like, I don't know what I want it to look like. We'll just see. You yeah. Know? Um, there's no other area of life where I'm like, there are almost no other areas of life where I feel that way um, or where it feels silly to like do that. Yeah. But then like when you zoom way out, I'm like, what do I want <laughs> in general? I don't fucking know. What do you mean? Here we are. <sighs> yeah. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that is the big like, I think that's, particularly right now but in general is the like when it comes to the like what now that's the like philosophical uh question Mm -hmm. uh or concept that I find myself continually wrestling with it's like well if I could have whatever I wanted or if my day looked like whatever I wanted or I had whatever kind of relationships I would want like what what is that like (laughs) what do I want yeah, what would that look like? Ah. I'm like tired just thinking about that. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Do you have um an answer? Absolutely <laughs> no. not. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to put you on the spot for the an- for an answer. No, do you um do you have a question like that? I mean, it sounds like that yeah. question it, by itself resonates with you, but like, yeah. is there, are there things that you sort of 
come back to or are like wrestling with in that kind of yeah yes <laughs> yeah something that I like have noticed about myself uh for like truly at least the last decade for as long as I can remember is like I have a very hard time like um I don't so much have a hard time imagining like a long-term goal for myself but I have a hard time imagining myself actually getting to the next step of whatever my plan is so mm. like I went to college um which when I was in high school, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to like be in college at some point. That's wild. <laughs> and then like I went to college and I was like, OK, great. I'm here now. Um, but I can't possibly like get into grad school. Like that's like a thing that I want to do. But like I actually can't. And I like understand how to like find the application. But like I can't picture myself like finishing this thing that I'm doing now and then like still I don't know, carrying on. and uh, But I did it. And I was like, well, this isn't so different from like what I was doing before I'm still in college. And then I was like, oh, like, but there's no way that I could like have a career. Like, that's not a thing that I'm capable of. Um, even I'm like going through the steps of like what I have to do to get there. But I'm just like, this is impossible. Um, and I had a weird moment actually this week where my current position, I'm an acquisitions editor at an academic publisher. And one of my, like, very first jobs, not one of my first jobs, I guess, but I had a job when I was, like, 20 to 22 um, where I was interning, um, and then eventually I was an assistant for an acquisitions editor, like, somebody who roughly does what I do now. And I remember being like, oh, my God, she's so cool. She has the coolest job. I would, like, water her peace lily every day, which <laughs> I have a peace lily now. Wild. <laughs> um, and I was just like, wow, I, I just, like, wish that I could, like, have this job, but I, like, don't know how to get there like she had this very particular life like I don't know journey and like I'm not on that and so I just like I guess I'll just never I'll just be an assistant forever and like that would have been fine um but here I am I'm like honestly pretty good at my job <laughs> which is weird um for me and I'm like oh I don't know I had a moment this week where I was like is this fake like <laughs> like I had a like I like did a really good job at something and then I was like I'm good at my job. But then I was like, well, I must be bad at everything else because like I couldn't oh. possibly um, uh, ah, get involved on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, like outside of that, I think about myself like as a writer, I'm like, will I always do this? I hope so. But like, what is that going to look like? Um, mm -hmm. Or like, I want to be a parent, but like, I can I not sleep for 10 years? Like, I don't know that I have that in me, um, but I guess like, I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out. But I think um, that was all very scattered. But a lot of the um, the kind of like thoughts and like ways I get stopped up like in that conversation is like um, thinking about timing of like mm. when like I sort of have an idea of what I want my life to look like. I sort of have an idea of how I can get there. And I think I also have a pretty good idea of, like, the things that I have now that I, like, would like to keep that feel satisfying to me. Um, like, our friendship feels very good. It feels like a good model for the kinds of friendships that I want to have, you know, mm. <laughs> as an adult, should I ever become one. <laughs> um, and I like, like, my relationship to my creative work for the most part. Um, for the most part, um, and like, how do I, you know, keep that as a sustained practice? Like, I know how it works in like my the current setup of my life, but I don't know 
you know, how and when that changes. Um, yeah. I'm also like, I want to get married at some point, but I have no sense of like when I would like to do that. Um, and not in a huge hurry, but I'm also like, what will that mean? And like, what is that? And like, what do I want that to look like? Basically the way that my relationship looks now, except for I want to have a party, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I feel like I have like, I'm trying to think of a metaphor, but my brain just like emptied out. Um, <laughs> okay. Call back to the rubber band. Yeah. The rubber band ball. I feel like I have all the rubber bands maybe, or like a lot of the rubber bands, but I'm like, how do I put them into a ball? <laughs> That's a good metaphor because how you get a rubber band ball started is actually like, That's not- a mystery to me. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that answer makes me sound a lot more organized than I am. If you can believe that. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, um, I feel like I do have some of the ideas of like what I want my life to be. Um, and like I said, some of the things that I like already have that I'm interested in maintaining. Um, but I'm also like, how will I like be a parent and have a podcast? I would like to do both. And people do that. But like, well, how will I do that? That's impossible. Um, mm. But I have uh, done many things that I thought were impossible before. So I guess maybe I'll just keep doing that. But it would feel, I would like to change that story in my head of like, these things I want are impossible. So if you could therapize yeah. me and like fix that, that'd be so great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I will do that. Um, yeah, so it sounds like um, for you, it's not so much a, it's not an issue of like identifying the thing that you want. It's that it's the like imagining yourself as capable of that thing is the like yeah. sticking point. Yeah, and, like, also sort of imagining, like, what it would look like. Because, like I said, like, I want to, like, I like my career. I want to do something sort of like this. Um, I like writing and publishing and performing. Um, I like doing this podcast. Um, I, I don't know. I have a lot of, like, thoughts about, like, myself as a parent, um, which is not a thing that I think I'll need to worry too much about for many years um, but I do like want to have kids at some point I feel very strongly about that um, and I have some models like um, one of your friends brought her like fresh baby to the pride parade a few weeks ago and it was totally great and I was like oh, okay if I have like this kind of kid it'll be fine yeah. uh, they can just sleep or they can play while we record a podcast um, but I don't know like I think that there are things that I'm interested in having that I like don't have models for in my like immediate circle um and like that's the part that I I struggle with yeah and I think that's um what we have been kind of talking about in this um accidental series is like (laughs) getting how do you get closer to yourself I guess like Mm. how do you um, how do you stay in connection with who you are in 
culture that wants to divorce you from Mm -hmm. your intrinsic value Mm -hmm. and your identity. Um, And it is a, like, it is something that requires both tangible actions and also a lot of mental and emotional work to do that like a lot of imagination a lot of imagination yeah Yeah. um and uh to bring up adrian marie brown again something that she talks about is that like all um all activism or all like social justice all change is really like science fiction Mm -hmm. um because we are visioning a different world yeah together and like i think i think maybe what i want is to like normalize that (laughs) i like didn't realize but like as we've been talking about all these things like it Mm. feels um it honestly feels very like countercultural and i think yeah um one of the things that i want to do or one of the things that i think is important is like normalizing that active science fiction yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think we're like so actively divorced from like we were talking about earlier like uh responding to your own like physical needs um but we're like also really intentionally divorced from our imagination um and like i think about how um like open and expansive and imaginative kids are um in the way that like through various like sites of violence and sites of oppression and sites of power structures we like uh are intentionally severed from that imagination um so as to serve um whatever systems we find ourselves in the crosshairs of. Um, And, like, I think that the work of getting back to that um, and looking at your life as something that you have autonomy over, that you create, that can look however you want it to look, um, it is based on your values, your needs, and the world that you want to live in. Like, that is, that's not what the script says. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's our simple <laughs> three-step process. We yep. actually give it to you for free because uh, we're generous. Um, if anybody listening has any other um, thoughts about um, self-care and the end of the world um, or in a difficult time that's not the end of the world, um, we would love to hear them. I'm interested in how people, like, as we're talking about the things that we do, like, that might be helpful for other people, but... I think a big like thread of this conversation is like uh, the things that work for you are the things that work for you. And so yeah. like the, uh, the bigger kind of available stock of ideas there are, the better. So please share if you have them. Yeah. Perhaps we'll do like an Instagram post or something and invite people yeah. to post like what's working for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that light, easy, breezy <laughs> note. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
thanks for listening to this episode. The Bipod is made possible by our patrons, including Bipod Babe level supporters like Christy Rodriguez Rivas and Shauna Austin. You can find us on Instagram at The Bipod and on our website, thebipod.com. This show is produced and edited by me. And our theme song is Coming Home by Snowflake.